I used to love sitting down with my grandfather telling me stories of old. The older and better days, he used to say. Well, he's no longer here to share those stories, and I wish I'd catalogued them. That's why I felt such an affinity to Tom, a listener from Alabama, now living in Berlin, who started sending us recordings of his memories of growing up. Enjoy this short, true story, read by Tom himself, in this special edition of the show we're calling Reminiscing with Tom. I remember going to my grandmother's in the summer to her farm, about 100 miles north of Mobile. Her old farmhouse was uh, at the end of a typical dirt road of Alabama, which ended quite exotically under an old oak tree. She had no grass around her old home, only sand. If you could get rich on sand, hmm, we would have inherited a fortune from her. When we would finish playing in the yard, she would hand each of us a broom made of wired-together branches and tell us, rake the sand so that it won't look like a mess when you finish tromping all over my yard. We were also instructed not to hold hands and jump over the homemade broomstick or we'd be married to each other, just like them slaves used to do so long ago. Those were her words. We always followed those instructions closely because I didn't want to marry my cousin anyways. You see, I like girls better. Now, the farmhouse, typical for the South, was on concrete blocks and rather high up. I presume the air that flowed underneath helped keep the place cool on those hot southern summer days. To paint a better picture of the old homestead, it was surrounded by large fields of sweet corn. In the back and to the front, Grandma raised peanuts and sometimes peas or string beans. The land was granted to her grandfather from the Indian land grant, and the home itself was placed in the middle of it all. Not a bit of land was wasted. If it didn't grow, sell, or help maintain their existence, it had no business being there. There was one exception and that was the old oak tree. It provided shade in the front yard, and from its massive boughs hung a rope with a used tire at the end of it for us to swing on, that is, when it wasn't too hot to move. The porch ran the full length of the front of the house and was useful for us kids to bring the old plow horse around to mount up and ride. It was also used as a second dining room, this porch was, for the kids during the family get-togethers. The adults would eat inside, and we would take our plates piled with mounds of fried chicken, fresh sweet corn and sweet peas, out to the porch to eat and act silly. We mustn't forget the tall glasses of oversweetened iced tea and lemonade that made you pucker with each mouthful. Also, Grandmother would make her own ice cream. Hmm, that was good. Now for the inside. The rooms were sparse, to say the least. The kitchen consisted of one table and a wood-burning stove. I remember chopping wood for my grandmother so she could cook those fantastic meals. She would also send me to the well to fetch water. She would always issue this warning 
Be careful. At the edge of the well, there is a cave-in on one side, so don't go there. Be sure to lower the bucket from that other side so you don't fall in. I'm older now, so you see, I must have followed the instructions pretty well. The lights in the house were simply electric wires hanging from the center of the room with a bare bulb at the end and a chain hung down to turn them on or off. Oh, what about a toilet? Yes, yes, yes. She had an outhouse, but in each room at night, we had a so-called slop jar with a handy lid. And another warning from grandmother. When you get up at night to do your thing, don't kick over the slop jar or you'll have to clean up the mess yourself in the morning. I could live with all of that. But my biggest problem was those southern mosquitoes. When they didn't make that high-pitched sound, you knew they had landed. And southern mosquitoes are smart and have tons of patience. My father once said that he overheard the mosquitoes one night arguing whether to eat us on the spot or take us out into the field out back to take their time. Somehow I didn't believe him. Don't know why, but that's another story. Besides the old plow horse, my grandmother had a billy goat. We would hook the goat up to a little red wagon of my cousin, and I would have a fun trip around the yard. That is, until he lost interest, uh, the goat, I mean, and then the fun ended. By the way, mentioning that cousin, I had actually grown up with this cousin, thinking he was a cousin, but I was shocked to learn later on that he was my uncle. Not really a point of interest, except to me, maybe. But we were the same age, and I assumed he was my cousin. At this point, all animal lovers forgive me or cover your ears. One day, my cousin, uh, that is, my uncle, decided to ride the billy goat bareback. He coaxed the beast over and mounted him, grabbing the horns firmly in hand. The goat decided that he wasn't going to cotton to this. So he lowered his head and ran as fast as he could towards the farmhouse. Now, do you remember how high those houses were? The goat did and darted under the house. The next thing I heard was a hollow thump, 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 repeated about six or seven times. It was the rafters underneath. I looked on as the goat exited the other side of the house with my uncle, if you will, still firmly mounted and holding tight. I ran after the two, managed to stop the charging animal, and my uncle fell to the ground with deep gashes in his forehead from the rafters, glazed over eyes. I remember asking him several times, why didn't you let go? Why didn't you let go, Bill? Well, just like those alien adoptees who have reported lost time, he couldn't answer nor remember. And as the song goes, this is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Sincerely, Tom. Tune in again next time for more Reminiscing with Tom.